Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hello friends and listeners. Welcome to Impacting Jamaica. My name is Shelly Ann Harris. During the past two years, if you've listened to the Jamaica news cycle on a regular basis, you'd have gotten used to hearing a few voices every day. Those voices provided information, updates, and guidance on how to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic here in Jamaica. One of those familiar voices is none other than Jamaica's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Jacqueline Bisesa mckenzie And I'm pleased to say that she's our very special guest on today's Impacting Jamaica podcast. Dr. Bisesa mckenzie has 29 years of experience in the healthcare system in Jamaica. She served as head of the Accident and Emergency Department at the Spanish Town Hospital from 2005 to 2014. Now, emergency medicine was a new speciality in Jamaica, and Dr. Bisesa McKenzie was the first emergency physician to be appointed as consultant in the public service. She changed the culture at the Spanish Town Hospital Emergency Department into a learning environment and trained several young doctors to become adept at performing emergency interventions. Dr. Bisesa McKenzie was promoted to Principal Medical Officer in charge of Emergency Disaster Management and Special Services Branch in 2016 and was responsible for the relocation of the hospital services of the Cornwall Regional Hospital in response to the air quality issues at that facility. Now, in 2018, Dr. Bisesa McKenzie was promoted to Chief Medical Officer and her main interest has been in the strengthening of the health system. In 2019, she led the Ministry of Health and Wellness team in managing the dengue epidemic. And then now in February 2020, she has been at the forefront of managing the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the last two years, she has been known for her critical analytical skills and swift decisive actions. She has led from all fronts, becoming a part of all the teams involved in the COVID-19 management. Dr. Bisesa McKenzie will receive a national award, Order of Distinction in the rank of Commander for Public Service in the Field of Health. Doc, congratulations and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Thank you and good, is it evening? <laughs> sure. Good evening, good evening, welcome. Now, before we get into your work as CMO, tell us about your upbringing in Jamaica. I know you're born in Trelawney and the youngest of three kids, I believe. Tell us about you and growing up in Jamaica. Okay, well, um, I must say that I had, um, I grew up in several different parishes. Um, you know, life was not always easy and in every family there are struggles but I think um, just having the family unit held together all through the years has given, given us strength and um, certainly it makes us focus on all the positive things and sometimes you don't even remember the struggles or the negative things. 
I grew up in the country, so I'm a country girl. <laughs> um, mm. um, my earlier years were spent on the western side of the island in Trelawney, between Trelawney and Westmoreland. Mm -hmm. um, my mother's parents lived in Amity in Westmoreland, and I was um, in that area for, for quite a time in that in those early years. And then I was in St. Catherine, where I started primary school years. I did some primary school years as well in St. Elizabeth and in Clarendon. My time in St. Elizabeth was, I remember fondly because we, we lived on the sugar estate. My father was the chemist at Holland Estate and it was very enjoyable. Um, a lot of freedom of space, um, a lot of adventures, um, you know, so that was that was good and then um between in Clarendon which is my father's home parish I went to Denby primary spent two years there and then passed um common entrance at that time to go to Glenmuir High where I spent five years after that I went to St. Diego um, in St. Catherine. So I moved around, our family moved around quite a bit. And from that, you know, we had a lot of experiences learning to adjust, learning to um, live in different situations. And I think that all, you know, helped to free, to build us into the persons that we are today. Excellent. So based on what you're describing, it sounds that you're a true Jamaican girl. You've lived in the true country. Jamaican. <laughs> true Jamaican country girl. <laughs> you don't you don't strike me as a country girl when we when we watch you on TV, when we listen to you on, on, on radio, we, you don't strike me as a country girl who run up and down in the in the yard and pick fruit. Oh yes. Was that and true? in the river. And in the river, because we had a, there was a river close by where we lived in St. Elizabeth. And you try to do your hand at fishing. You try your hand at all different kind of things. Mm. All right. So that's that's quite a beautiful upbringing, it sounds like. And that you'd have experienced a different parts of Jamaican culture because there is a, the general Jamaican culture and then when you go to each parish is a different vibe altogether. A different culture. Yes. Yeah. So you'd have experienced all of that. What led from there to medicine? Talk to us now about how, you know, you had a, a joyful upbringing and so on, moving around and appreciate Jamaican culture and so on. But tell us now about how you got interested in medicine. Well, I didn't choose medicine. I, I could say that medicine chose me because mm. um, it was never my dream to become a doctor. Um, I, I'm sure some persons would have heard the story that my brother wanted to do medicine. And when he put in his application, he put in one for me as well. He actually carried the form to me to sign because I had done a first degree in natural sciences. Mm -hmm. um, and I was working for a while at Citrus Company of Jamaica. And I remember him carrying the form to me to sign and I signed it. And lo and behold, I, I got into medical school. Interesting. That's quite a, an interesting family dynamic. Your brother just decided to submit an application for you. Yeah, yes. And, you know, it, as I said, it was never my interest 
Um, but having <clears throat> done medicine, mm -hmm. I, I certainly think that, you know, that is, um, I've really enjoyed um, this, this profession. And I am one of those persons that have experienced different professions, different jobs within the profession. Mm -hmm. So I've spent quite a few years just doing general practice, um, learning to, you know, manage patients in their community setting, um, learning to communicate with them, helping them with their struggles, with their problems, just learning to deal with family medicine. And that was quite, quite enjoyable. I learned a lot. Uh, my patients taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. And those were my really early formative years as a doctor, um, which really grounded me into, you know, caring for, for the people that you serve. And then my next job was I decided to specialize in emergency medicine. So then I spent um, quite a number of years um, in the emergency room, first in training, and then as head of the accident and emergency department at Spanish Town Hospital for 10 years. Um, and that, that was a wonderful experience, um, just um, transforming that emergency department. Emergency medicine was a new speciality. So it took a bit of getting used to for the other specialities, the hospital, to understand what emergency medicine was about, to teach young doctors how to practice um, what it is that you needed to do for the patient in the emergency room. That was a real trans transformative period um, where I think I really learned to be a leader because I was placed in that situation where I had to lead and to guide and to direct. And then after that, I went into public health um, went back to universities again as well and did another degree in public health. And um, I've been in public health since 2014. So, and that has been a, a tremendous journey as well. Mm. Um, I, I thought that emergency medicine was the worst there could yes. be yes. in terms of that kind of excitement but um it's a different kind of excitement we've from i've joined in 2014 we've gone from one emergence to the next it's non-stop it was chikungunya then it was zika then it was ebola then it was dengue now it's covid then it's monkeypox you know you just don't know what is around the corner but not only in responding to these kinds of emergencies, but just in terms of building a health system, um, looking at policies that would um, manage the health of the population. Um, this, that whole journey has been um, very educational and every day I learn something new and um, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm glad to hear you say you're enjoying it because as you're describing Spanish Town, I said, oh my goodness, you would have seen trauma minutely in, you know, as 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 the head of the emergency um, room at that at that time. And I'm wondering now, as I listen to the different layers of the career that you've had, what do you do to unwind? Somebody like you, what what, what do you do to unwind? 
Uh, I, I'm very, very much a family person. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy doing just the regular things that every woman does. Um, puttering around the house, outside in the, in the yard, um, cooking. I love to cook. My children love when I cook. So it's always a huge joy um, for everybody to come home because mommy is cooking. Um, so you have I enjoy reading. You have, huh? to, you have time to cook? Well, I don't have as much time now. And, um, you know, it's only coming out of COVID you realize how much your life has changed. Sometimes I feel as if I'm taking my head from under the sand. So many things have changed in the two and a half years and I don't even realize it because, you know, I was just so focused on COVID. Um, but I, I do try to make the time um, to do those things. Family time is important. And I have one daughter who is still at home who actually turns 18 tomorrow. Wow. And um, so have to be there for her, encourage her. She's doing um, Cape, Cape. She's in six form at Campion. So um, still have to be very much present, um, even through the difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, so home for me is, you know, where I relax. During COVID, I bonded again with watching TV. Um, and that really was my relaxation. Um, Netflix <laughs> was my, um, my um, way of disconnecting mm-hmm. and just unwinding. Um, but, but I do try to, to find the time for personal things and um, for family time. And now a word from our sponsors. Grace has been part of some special moments over the years, helping to make them, well, more memorable, even when they're a little bit unexpected. And with 100 years of great taste behind us, you can be sure we'll be making even more moments for a hundred years to come. Grace, taste that moves you. John John, I know you're in there. I know when lights are come back. I know Pinky this time. Akeisha. Keisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things there. So you can't stop, knock my door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for ask. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to our podcast. Curious, what do you watch on Netflix? <laughs> one or two things. Don't tell us the ones you don't want to tell us. You can tell us one or two of the ones you want to tell us. <laughs> okay, you know, you, you know that um, 
first of all, I, I like to, uh, I've watched um, shows from every country. Ah. <laughs> I really have. So I've watched some um, Turkish oh. shows. I think that is what started me. Um, there was this, there was this multiple episodes, um, one that was just so engulfing that it, and because you're watching, but you're also reading the script. You're just totally focused. I yeah. mean, it just totally takes you away from everything, you know. Yeah. And then I went to Spain. Then I went to Japan. I went to China. I went to India. I went to Korea. So I've been to all of those places <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> it sounds like it really gave you a chance to just get away in your mind at least. It saved me, honestly, it did, it saved me. Hmm. And you know, I guess it, it I mean, it, it would have played a big role because you have been a picture of calm. When we see you on television, you know, I mean, not so much now, but you know, a few months back, you were a picture of calm and authority over the last few months and perhaps years, yes. What would you say is one of the most difficult hurdles you have to overcome during the pandemic and I, I figured that there are many but but when you reflect at this point um what would you say was one of the biggest or the most difficult hurdles to overcome I think um personally the most difficult thing I had to deal with was to say to find a good way to manage the difference in opinions within the medical fraternity mm. um there you know uh there there is a lot of information out there and um doctors themselves have several different opinions on matters and there's always research that can prove anything that you want it to prove mm. and we've had a lot of struggle with the the, um, the medical um, technologies and um, medications and testing that were available. And there were several different opinions within the medical field. It was difficult to navigate that. Um, I made it some, a lot, of, a lot was said. And many times you do feel as if you, you would respond and you would get upset about these things. But I made a deliberate effort not to get into any, any battles with my peers, mm. with my colleagues, because I have greatest of respect for all of them and for the profession. So, um, you had to very quietly and calmly navigate this, um, sticking to your guns a lot of time, making sure that you were well-informed, um, dialogue with many persons, and um, be pretty sure in what you, you would put out there in the public space um, be sure that it was grounded in scientific evidence. Be mm -hmm. sure that you would be able to stand up and defend what you would do. So that that turmoil within the medical fraternity was the most difficult part personally for me to, um, to navigate. But um, 
I think that um, looking back, my avoidance of any kind of conflict, um, any type of confrontation, I think has served not just myself well, but the population, mm -hmm. because the population don't want to see you quarreling with your 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 okay. colleagues, yeah. you know. And so we had to weigh all of those things. And I think in the long run, um, we, we have survived and we're still together. And that's what's important, right? Yes. We're still together. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the differing opinions, I imagine, well, as you're saying, was the most difficult, but it is also one of the blessings in a democratic society <laughs> and in the church to have different opinions to argue over until you land on something that, Maybe yeah. in another number of years, you land on something that is worthwhile. I don't know. Of course. And it is stimulating. It helps to keep you on your toes and make you keep thinking. You know, um, if you choose a path, um, you must be able to think and rethink it and to make sure. And so I think the, all the conversations that were had, sometimes difficult to hear but um, they all served a, a purpose and were valuable in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I believe that is also the, the nature of science, that right. you're always right. investigating and learning over yes. time. Yes, yes. Now, you are to receive a national honor for all of this hard work, not just you know, the last two years, but 25 years, we just walk through the various layers and phases of your career. And so you are to receive a national honor during the holidays in, in, in October for public service in the field of health. As you look back over your career, what are you most proud of? Um, you know, if probably five, 10 years from now, I would look back and say that my period in public health um, would be what I am most proud of. But I still believe I'm at the start of that journey. Mm. And a lot of things I want to achieve, I've not yet achieved. So looking back from this vantage point here now, I think the time that I spent in the emergency department mm. at Spanish Stone Hospital, the process of transformation, the process of nurturing young doctors, of helping people, you know, facing the public, um, helping the, the staff, um, building morale within that department. Um, I think that is what I am proudest of. When I see the doctors who have done emergency medicine, because they were drawn to it because of me. Um, when I see the doctors that I have taught um, working in other areas and they look back and they said that, you know, that was a really good time in their life. Um, when I hear from I had doctors who are abroad now who have passed, who passed through um, at that time and they reflect on their experiences I think that is a time I, I am proudest of at this time. Mm. It sounds like you're proud of the legacy of leadership and transformation that you've had. 
in this sector. Yes, I, I, I am proud of that. I, I am one of those persons that believe that I should leave somewhere better than mm. how I came and formed it. Mm. Awesome. So that's looking back, looking forward now. What are your hopes? I mean, you've been, you've done so much work um, in the health sector. So you, you're able to see it from a point of view that the rest of us, I mean, most of us can't. So as you look forward, what, what are your hopes for the health sector? And in turn, your hopes for our country? Uh, my, my hope is that um, this public health sector people that work in it to be really proud to work within this sector. Mm -hmm. um, I think right now, you know, there are a lot of things that are demotivating to persons, um, but there's so much to be proud of in terms of the, the medicine that we practice um, or competences in so many different areas. And I, I really want to transform the culture within the organization mm -hmm. to one where everybody is working towards the same vision and um, with the same kind of core values, um, you know, focusing on our primary customer, that is the clients that comes in to see us and all of us working with one goal. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really want to be a part of a system where every Jamaican who comes into contact with the health sector is treated with dignity and yep. respect and be given quality, comprehensive care. And um, as I said, five, 10 years down the road, I want that to be my proudest mm. <laughs> moment looking back because I think what COVID has made me realize um, or made me see again is that we have not lost hope for this. Um, the, the kind of collaboration that we've had with our internal and external stakeholders over the last two and a half years, supporting one another um, and you know, just working together um, with that one vision that we would get through COVID, we would not fracture the health system and we would save as many lives as we could. Um, everybody was working towards the same goal. I want an organizational culture that we are all working together to achieve one goal and that our patients are happy. That's a big one, that our patients are happy and that they're treated with dignity in the health sector. That is a huge hope. And I trust and I, I hope that that will be in five years your story that this is your proudest achievement that you know patients are happy in the public health sector dr bisesa mckenzie it's been a pleasure having you as our guest on impacting jamaica thank you for being with us impacting jamaica is powered by the philip and christine gore family foundation manpower and maintenance services limited 
the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.